The following production is part of the Play Some Video Games Podcast Network. Welcome to Board with Video Games, the gaming podcast that strives for the right balance of coverage for games you play on your table and on your television. You can think of us as the summer's up and I want you to know and the that I won't live a minute without you of gaming podcasts. We're a proud member of the PSVG Podcast Network and still to be part of the Dice Tower Network as well. I am one of your hosts, Kyle, and joining me on this co-op adventure, the guy whose heart rate always beats like thunder. Josh, how are you doing? I'm at 88 right now, so I don't know that I'm beating like thunder, but I'm Dude, doing okay. <laughs> it is so stinking hot here. It's stupid. We're supposed to like be in triple digits this week a couple times. Oh boy. I meant my heart rate. Oh, your heart rate. <laughs> <laughs> I will. That, you know, just because it's at 88 doesn't mean it's not beating power, a powerful 88. That's you fair. know, like it could still really be like giving it to you, giving it to your chest, you know, as it's thumping okay. 88 beats per minute. <laughs> Yeah, no, uh, we have, we're going to 90-something tomorrow. I don't remember. I try not to look now. I just assume it's going to be hot. Um, yeah. But it's muggy. It's really muggy in the house. Today. We had rain, and all the mugginess is coming. So. Oh, goodness. I wish uh, we had rain. You know. Uh, let me let me tell you something not to do in the summer, like the summer we've been having, Josh. Hmm. Uh, don't plant trees. In the summer or in general? Raw <laughs> in this this summer, because uh, we got some trees. We had some trees planted last week in our yard. Uh, the landscaping we had booked back in like May, yeah, uh, got done. And yeah, um, I don't know if these trees are going to make it. Now, luckily they have a warranty, oh. but like because it is so hot and yeah. so dry, and we don't have any watering restrictions. But I just feel this sense of obligation to not constantly be watering but you know they're new trees so they kind of got to be watered some yeah and yeah and it's just been a been a bit of a navigation and i usually get my lawn treated and stuff but i haven't been watering my lawn because i am trying to be conscientious of the amount of water i'm using so my lawn looks like butt but (laughs) the lawn people are like well we're gonna come out and do our treatment i'm like why the lawn looks like crap like there's really no reason for you to come do anything but I already agreed, so I guess I'm going to now just pay for you to come out and do this stuff, too, even though it's not going to matter. <laughs> anyway. How big are your summer. trees that you got? What's that? How big are your trees that you got? Um, So right now, they're not too big. Um, We got some emerald green arbivorte, I think is the official name of them, but they're kind of like a little pine. Yeah. Uh, they are currently, I don't know, about four feet tall, probably. And then okay. we also got a river birch, which right now probably is about, I would say eight feet tall at its tallest oh. point but it's a wispy at the it's very wispy at the top yeah uh, and that bad boy will apparently grow to uh, like 30 feet minimum oh uh and the emerald green armor vortex will get up to about 12 to 15 feet somewhere in that ballpark so oh. yeah it kind of created a nice little edge edge to the side of our yard uh, and uh, you know fancy it up a little bit gussy it up if you would uh, we hadn't done any landscaping since we moved in, so we figured it was time, you know, five years in or so, six years, whatever it's been that we've been in this house. Yeah. Uh, we figured it was time to, you know, spruce up the joint a bit, if you would. Nice. So, yeah, but cool. hey, you were on big, 
you were on vacation, Josh. That I was. What? Tell us all about it. Where were you? <laughs> what were you doing? How did it go? Uh, I was in New Hampshire, uh, on Hampton Beach. Uh, we go there. We used to go there every year. Last year was the exception. Uh, mm-hmm. We rent a house. Uh, this year's a little okay. So we rent a house. I I guess I can say say it's on L Street. I don't think people are going to come stalk me next year when I go again. <laughs> um, so all the streets are lettered because they have a boardwalk. So uh, okay. you know, there's uh, every other one way streets. So we're on L Street, and right across, literally across the street from the house we stay at, is the L Street Tavern. It used to be the L Street Cafe, um, and it has become a uh, popular um, hot like night spot for drinking. Okay. Uh, so last two years ago, you know. It would be loud, like people would be outside smoking and just be pretty loud. Or if they left their door open, you could pretty much hear the whole entire inside of the bar. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, so they'd kind of keep you up to like, you know, 11 or 12 at night if you're trying to sleep. Because you have to have the windows open because it's so warm and muggy in the summer, you know, as you do. So during the pandemic last year, they they were allowed to expand into the street. So they had like... Um, all their seating out in the street and stuff, and then uh, every pretty much everywhere has changed their allowances on that. So net, instead of being able to be in the street, all they just decided, hey, we're gonna buy the rental unit next to us and the rental unit behind us, and we're just gonna make the parking lot for that rental unit uh, our outdoor bar with live music from two p.m to midnight every day of the week all right so and they serve food until 1 a.m uh no sorry serve food at midnight last calls at 1 a.m so every night uh by the way i i did not realize how many people cover ed sheeran uh i have heard (laughs) every hit of ed sheeran and one guy was singing b-sides from ed sheeran Dang. Yeah. Uh until at least midnight. You could hear a so couple like, could hear a couple bar fights at night, like in the street at, at one AM. Was he a dedicated Ed Sheeran cover band then? Like is that all he did was Ed Sheeran? No, no. And I okay. heard I we we also heard the ran, ran the gamut from pretty good singers to some of the worst singers you'll hear in a long that I've ever heard. <laughs> uh, Perfect. Uh yeah. It was, it was, uh, that, you know, that part you kind of have to accept, right? That's just, yeah, you know, where you are. We, we really sure. like the house we stay at. Um, so it's nice. Um, that's also my son's, not first time to the beach, but he's four now. Last time he was at the beach, he was two. So a lot mm-hmm. has changed. And he's twice as old as he was. He's twice last time. as old. <laughs> and he was really excited once he got in the water. We didn't know last time he was kind of afraid of the waves. He just wanted to play in the, like the tide pools. Yeah. This time we couldn't stop him. He was running in, and if you turn around, he's running right into the ocean. You're like, just another suicidal child trying to <laughs> keep you on <laughs> your toes as a parent. So it was Saturday, uh, the first day we got there. We don't usually hit the beach because it's very busy, but we decided to. Usually we go grocery shopping, fill the house up, but we decided not to do that this year. Uh, we brought food up with us, so we went to the beach. I'm in the water with my son. He's loving it. 
I'm keeping him like waist level, but he's running into waves and and waves. Like, he gets pounded like by a couple waves, like right in the face. And he asked me to pick him up, so I do. And he must have ingested like a bunch of seawater because he just started <laughs> throwing up in the ocean, right? <laughs> right. And you can't do anything. Like my instinct no. for vomit is to clean it up, right? Wow, <laughs> clean up the ocean, Josh. So Get he, to work. So he throws up his chicken nuggets and ketchup because it's pink <laughs> and it just like washes away with a wave and i'm like oh my god are you all right and he's like i don't feel so good and then i look to my right and there's a like a i don't know 15, 14 year old girl like four feet from me just watching at me with her eyes in terror as he vomits again <laughs> he just goes Bleh. just right, right into the ocean again i'm like oh Okay, let's get in. Let's go in. He's like, okay, daddy. Oh, I don't wait. I don't feel so good. Blah. Throws up again. <laughs> I'm like, oh my God. This is day one. This isn't even ha- this is half of a day one. And we get up onto the beach. I'm like, are you okay? He's like, yeah, I'm okay. I want to go back in. And then he just runs right back in. I'm like, I can't do this. <laughs> it's going to be a long week. <laughs> but rest, luckily, that was the only vomiting incident of the week. Well, that's good. Just yeah. all contained well, to the first us. day. You could hear people vomiting at the bar, but that wasn't right. Us. All contained <laughs> to the first week. It went in the ocean, so it's easily cleaned up. Like sounds like kind of if you're gonna have a vomit situation, about the best way to have one. Yeah, and luckily like. there wasn't anyone in the wake of the vomit. Otherwise, I would have <laughs> felt horrible. Out, like, <laughs> I feel like those little guppies swam by me. I know, <laughs> like, right? Oh, no, right. No. <laughs> I don't think there's guppies in the ocean, yo. No. Oh, man. But it was a great vacation. We had a really fun time. We came home with two hermit crabs, of course. Why wouldn't we come home with more pets? Um, and yeah, no complaints. Oh, and we came Did home you- and we, we didn't even get to unpack. We unloaded the car and had to go to a cookout <laughs> immediately after we got home. So You're just popular. People demand you, Josh. You're in high <laughs> oh. demand. Yeah, and then he discovered a diving board in the in my my wife's aunt's pool, and he wouldn't stop jumping off the diving board. So he was another crazy kid then. Well, diving boards are made for jumping, so yes. that works out well then. <laughs> uh, with what you shared about, number one, when you shared about the bar, I don't know why, to me, that sounds like the name of a place where a... <laughs> It's going to sound bad. I don't mean it to. But it sounds like the name of a place they would make up in like a movie or a show or a book where a murder happened. Oh, right. Like yeah. That, this <laughs> is a CD so, bar. <laughs> like, that's what it sounds like to me. It's like, this is the place where someone got murdered um, and we're going to check it out. Uh, so with all the changes that they made, though, Josh, you know, this is a place you had said that, you know, you kind of always go to. Yeah. Are you going to go back next year, even with the loud bar <laughs> and all that other stuff? Like, are you returning to the same spot next year? Yeah, it's a great spot. And, you know, the it's still nice to be able to get like walk out the front deck and walk to across the street, have a drink or they have really good food there. So have have a meal or bring a meal over back to the house. You know, it is there's definitely other spots on the beach that are quieter for sure. Um, And we've stayed at a few different places on Hampton. Uh, it's not my favorite place, but it's a two-level house. Like it's pretty nice. So, you know, uh, if you can get past the music part, it's not so bad. <laughs> you just, you just need to, next year, what you should do is you should, you know, 
and you don't have to obviously tell the listeners, but like, do you know when you're going next year already? Uh, probably not for another, like we'll probably book it in a month. Okay. So when that happens, what you need to do then is start looking for musical acts and like suggest them to the bar. Oh yeah. Yeah. (laughs) So try to like, try to stack the deck and be like, Hey, I've heard this group was really good. You should book them for some time in blah, blah, blah. Like right around when you're going to, I think that's what you should start doing. They get buskers. They don't get like singers. Like. Yeah, but like I mean, there's still decent bar bands. Yes, like you're right. they exist. Yes, Thur- Thursday and Friday, Aaron Lewis was up there. So on, wait, playing at that place? He was playing at no. They have a, a okay, uh, like a the casino ballroom is what they call it. It's also a, gotcha. a hole in the wall. I'm sure. Um, but I didn't know he only sings country music now. Yeah, uh, he's, he's doing his own thing for the most part. Yeah. these days. But on Thursday night, there was one person just covering all of Aaron Lewis songs and playing the the good stuff so that wasn't really? too bad to hear man the cover bands these days like an ed sheeran cover band or a person playing a lot of ed sheeran covers i can get just didn't anticipate a lot of stained covers you know no and he he ran a, he played at least four of aaron lewis's songs from stan so um he wasn't bad but yeah and a couple night there was one night i will say thursday night thursday night wednesday night or thursday night they <laughs> The musician who was out there, who was actually pretty good, because our window in the room that I'm is right facing that place, so I could hear, like, Mm -hmm. lay down, listen to some music, (laughs) go to bed. And this guy was playing, and he played his encore, he played his finale, he's like, all right, that's it, this is like 11 p.m. Mm -hmm. And then he says, you know, he waits a minute, and he goes, okay, one more, one more. And now, this patio, the COVID is... You know, no problem for these people. There, it's not even a patio; it's a side, it's a parking lot. Uh, filled, just filled, shoulder to shoulder with people. There's tables where people are sitting and eating, but mostly stand. Everyone's standing and drinking. He starts to play one more song. He's like, "I'll play one more." He plays three notes, not three notes, three lines, and the sky it just opens up. No sign, no no notice, just immediate downpour, just. People are screaming. He just unplugs his guitar and walks out. <laughs> He's like, okay, oh, oh. <laughs> and then you just hear every, like, 150 people try to cram into this tiny little dive bar just to get cover from the rain. That was pretty wow. enjoyable. I actually thought that that was fun to hear. <laughs> I uh, went and saw uh, Counting Crows at Matchbox 20, mm. and they were playing outside, and it was very, you know, one of those, like, Oh, this is so serendipitous! But uh, Counting Crows was wrapping up their set because they played because um, they played for Smashbox when he was headlining, uh, and they were playing Rain King, and it started to absolutely <laughs> pour, just absolutely pour, um, and it was kind of like one of those like really cool concert experiences because no one left like nobody went anywhere right. we all just stayed there and we're just getting drenched, <laughs> uh, and the Matchbox Twenty was they were like setting up for Matchbox Twenty. And they're like, hey, yo, there's like a tornado warning. Like, you all need to like go. Like, um, but then they ended up letting us come back and they like it, it, the whole thing was delayed like an hour. Um, and then we came back and it was still raining a little bit, but then Matchbox 20 came on and played like in the rain. I nice. mean, I was by the end of that night, I was like, I don't know that I've ever been like that, like where you feel like you've never been that wet in your entire life. Right. Because you're like, <laughs> I had a raincoat with me because I knew there were, like rain was a possibility, but like when you're standing outside, in rain for like four hours. Yeah. There's only so much that, you know, that coat's going to do after that amount of time. 
So it was fun though. It was Brad Thomas my... has that effect on people. <laughs> he does. He does <laughs> on everyone. Um, but I was gonna say, you know, it surprises me because they're like they have to be able to get like decent bands because there are bands in Minnesota that. Like they make their whole living off of just being like playing like 200 dates a year at like local venues and they're good. Like they're yeah. good bands, but they just, you know, like, so you can find someone to recommend Josh. You can find people. Yeah. I'll send them I don't an know email. Who the, <laughs> I don't know who the GB Layton of New Hampshire is, but you know, find, find the GB Layton of New Hampshire sure. and you'll, you'll be good to go. So, <laughs> but cool. All right, Josh, real quick, our intro, then we'll get to it. Cause we've been going on. Yeah. You know, so, uh, wait a minute, my girl. Are you familiar with the band? Did you had you heard this song? It's a newer song, so I didn't don't know if you've heard this yet. No, I'm unfamiliar. Are you familiar with the band Volbeat? I'm familiar with them by name, but not by content. Yeah, so Volbeat's an interesting band. They're a band I don't listen to all of that often, but when I do listen to them, I always go like, why don't I listen to them more often? Because they're really, really unique in that they are. Uh, Danish rock band, which is number one, cool, but they have like this really interesting mix of music that they are like a, I don't want to say heavy metal, but they definitely have a metal, like hard rock edge to a lot of their songs. But then they also have like a rockabilly, like psychobilly, like mix put into it sometimes where they like. A song will start and it'll be like really heavy guitar and all that stuff. And then they get to the, you know, the bridge and it's like piano and saxophone. And you're like, what is going on here? Um, But their newest song, uh, which I just heard for the first time just not that long ago, is Wait a Minute, My Girl. And it's just like straight rockabilly the whole time. Like if you are in a bad mood and you listen to this song, I feel like you will be in a good mood uh, after listening to it. It just is a really light fun it very much feels like a summer song like this is one of those songs that you listen to in summer and are like oh my gosh i had a great time so i encourage people to check it out and if you ever listen to volbeat definitely check them out as well because they have like i said there's not a lot of other bands that are doing what they do and they have a pretty unique sound and i encourage people to check them out because uh even if they a song starts and you don't like what that song is doing uh, later on, <laughs> the song might change. You might like it, or they have completely different sounding things um, throughout their catalog. So I would encourage people to check them out. So I'm listening cool. to it now. They got saxophone in this song. I know they have saxophone in a lot of their <laughs> songs. Actually, how have I not? But listened who would have thought, right? I so. listened to "Still Counting" and then "Wait a Minute, My Girl." They both sound really good. Yeah, following on Spotify. Excellent. All right. Well, we're going to move on and get to the show. And listeners, you're so lucky because it's not just me rambling by myself. So thanks so much <laughs> for joining us this week, everyone. As always, if you have any feedback, questions, or suggested topics, hit us up at Board with VG on Twitter or check out all the awesome stuff over on the Instagram. Also, Board with VG. <laughs> we're a proud part of Place of Video Games, and PSVG is on Patreon. We're absolutely thrilled with the support you've given us there thus far. And if you'd like to monetarily support what we do, you can find us there at patreon.com slash PSVG. Just like some of our wonderful producers, Michael Masick, Edwin Kahlo, Stephen Keller, Nick Creature, Ben Moxham, Nick Fallhaber, Paul Calico, Devin Tyus, Josh Barboni, RJ Kern, Zach Adams, Joe Wilson, and of course, Horse Girl 69. But the most important thing is just that you listen to our show and maybe share it with someone who you think would enjoy it. We're also a member of the Dice Tower Podcast Network. So if you enjoy our conversations about board games and would like to dive deeper into that world, we encourage you to check out the Dice Tower Podcast as well as all the other members of the network. No matter what type of board games you enjoy, there's a podcast on the network that's right for you. 
With that, Josh, I'm going to throw it to you for your first topic, but I do want to say very briefly, I, you didn't pick a topic I totally thought you were going to, and it kind of threw me off. Oh, I'm curious what I missed. Uh, remember, I was on vacation, so I missed a lot of news. <laughs> That's okay. That's okay. Well, we'll if we have time, we'll talk about it. So. Okay. Uh, well, first of all, I do want to say uh, thank you for covering last week. You did a great job. I listened to most of the episode. I, I had two edibles and then laid down in bed and listened to your, your episode on so Thursday night. So what you're saying is... I, is <laughs> After edibles, I am reasonable to listen to. Good to know. Good to know. Well, okay. no, it takes two hours for them to kick in, so I think I gave you an hour head start. Uh, <laughs> you did a good job, so thank you for covering. I, I no appreciate problem. it. Um, not that you need to tell me you did a good job. I think I don't think we're at that point <laughs> that we need each other's uh, approvals on those things. But uh, yeah, so we have more info on the world of Warcraft pandemic style i said style again but it's a pandemic system i guess they're changing like what they want to call it um it's wrath of the lich king which uh, is introducing quests mounts and miniatures to the pandemic spinoff uh this is coming from dicebreaker uh as a lot of my stuff does come through uh from matt jarvis uh who i'm still I guess I'm. I didn't play. I didn't get to play Monopoly deal, so uh, I can't be mad at him yet. But I will get to it. <laughs> I was going to uh, ask about that, but never I know. Mind. I, I tried to fit it in, but we actually. It was very rare that we had. I think because we had a year off from vacation, we didn't have like much downtime like usual, and that's right. when we were fit in board games. So, um, but we did play some board games. I'll talk about those next week, probably. So yes, Pandemic's upcoming World of Warcraft spinoff, Wrath of Lich King, adds new gameplay mechanics um, where you can do quests. Uh, this is a cooperative board game. If you've played Pandemic, you know that already. Um, but as I say, like Pandemic itself can be pretty difficult. Uh, so adding quests, uh, I'm very curious to, uh, as to how this is going to play out. But essentially... This game is drawing from the expansion to the PC game uh, that shares its same name, uh, where you take control of Warcraft heroes, Thrall, Varian, uh, Rin, or Sylvanas Windrunner. Uh, Sylvanas Windrunner. And if I said it wrong, I don't care. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, each represented by plastic miniatures, uh, which actually look pretty good. Um, and you're going to battle uh, with the Scourge before facing off against a corrupted prince, Arthas Menethil, better known as the Lich King. Um, like Pandemic's players' rules, each character has unique powers, um, from extra armor to the ability to teleport and attack adjacent spaces. So uh, the gameplay is all built on the Pandemic um, basics, uh, moving through locations across Azeroth's chilly continent of Northrend, spending actions to remove the Scourge, which takes which will take place uh, over the disease cubes from the first game. Um, but instead of needing to cure four diseases, you must complete three quests. Uh, a new addition, uh, which is inspired by the dungeons and instances of World of Warcraft. There are nine possible quests in the game, with three appearing in each playthrough. Uh, once you reach the quest location, players can roll the dice to, to progress along a track of matching symbols, with each player on the space able to spend a card from their hand. So I think it still sounds pretty similar to completing Pandemic. Um, I guess missions would be the word I would choose. 
But you can also get reward cards if you complete quests, which give you the, the chance to gain mounts, equipment, or items to help uh, further your fight against the Lich King. I it's it's coming out this autumn. It's priced at sixty bucks, which isn't bad, I don't think. Um, before I get to my question for you, well, I guess I have two questions for you. I do want to say I haven't played World of Warcraft since it it came into existence. Right, I played it for its first two years, maybe. Um, but I didn't think I would be interested in this game because of the theming. But I really feel like this is a big enough twist on Pandemic that I kind of want to play it. How do you feel about this game, so far at least? I have, on a scale of uh, 1 to 10, with 1 being very little interest, to 10 being super, 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 super interested, I am probably a 0.5. Wow. Okay. I, I just I've never played World of Warcraft. Uh, my only interaction with the characters from that are from like playing Hearthstone. Yeah. You know, so I, I really have no connection to the world. And as a result of that, there's no way I can tell you there is almost no way that I can imagine my partner would want to play this. <laughs> sure. And as a result, I really have no desire to probably play it either. Now, I think it's interesting what they're doing with it. That to me. I think is worthy of discussion and, yeah. and a cool thing, but just for me, eh, not something that I am super looking forward to. What's That's your fair. second question? Well, I would say I'm also, I'm way more into this than small world of Warcraft. That was going to be my question. Which I think too, is more thematically these... heavy in the yeah. Warcraft universe. Mm -hmm. Cause I'm just thinking of all the different like mixes from small world. Like I think it'd be harder for me to, get my head around the theme because at least I think with this game there's probably some lore that comes with it so you can follow along with the rule book as far right. as like maybe what you're doing but I, I would imagine with small world of Warcraft it's just more of the combining of the different types of Warcraft characters that would make like fanboys and I don't mean that in a derogatory term uh, more excited to play it so I think for me at least the pandemic part is what's really grabbing me here yeah i would say i'm definitely more interested in this than i would be small world of warcraft as well sure. um that game obviously was a i think a cool crossover in the sense of it made sense to do uh but just because of the gameplay of pandemic i am definitely more interested in this iteration i just man i really do wonder how hard it would be to get someone into this game if they're not into warcraft I mean, you, I think you have to start with Pandemic before you even... You can't. I don't think you can put someone to this game who hasn't played Pandemic before and hasn't played Warcraft. Yeah, I do think, though, that those who are super into World of Warcraft, that Pandemic... Oh, for is sure. ...straightforward enough game that you could definitely kind of go into this. Yes. Um, are there other games that you would... Well, we'll talk about this other thing next a little bit, maybe. We'll see how we're feeling. Uh, are there other games, like when you think of Warcraft, obviously, you know, we talked about small World of Warcraft and now World of Warcraft, Wrath of the Lich King, a pandemic system board game. Whoo, that's a, that's a mouthful to say. <laughs> are there other games or other things that you would want to see as quote unquote World of Warcraft board games? 
Oh, as World of Warcraft, um, I don't know. I'm I'm for sure there's a World of Warcraft monopoly that exists. Uh, there's oh, yeah, no question about that. Um, yeah, I mean, probably similar to the StarCraft game or something where mm. um, maybe not, maybe you remove the world of and you do a Warcraft resource management game like Stone Age, like the Warcraft I grew up and loved like playing, which was just basically right. an RTS game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because I was trying to think of another system or a, another game that could potentially work. And I went to Scythe right away. Sure. But I really don't know if that's super accurate. Like, I feel like that would be a good fit. World of Warcraft, Wrath of the Lich King, a Scythe system board game. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> there we go. Um, I think that would kind of be cool. But Well, that leads uh, me into my second question. And uh, what if you could pick a, a different IP to uh, be remade or put into a pandemic system of board game what ip do you think either you either you think you would just love to see with like blind fandom or something that you think would be perfect for the pandemic system i'll go first while you think that'd be great i have a tie in my thoughts um and this is something that we've i think i must keep going back to this well maybe because I haven't found a game that has delivered it for me yet, but either Alien or Predator. I really think if you do Predator, you can make it more terrestrial, right? Where you're just trying to locate the Predator on the map and you have your team, but you can split up, so to speak. But I really think that maybe Predator fits better for hidden movement, like the Fury of Dracula. Right. Um, But for Alien, I think it would be pretty cool where you're trying to, um, you're on a planet and you're trying to locate alien hives um to eradicate them and eventually like this as the lich king you get to the queen Uh, you could do it on a ship too but i think with the pandemic theme i think you need to be um terrestrial right it has to be something that you're traveling back and forward to um you have your ship and you have well you have air and ground ships in the alien mythology so you could make that part of the game but I think uh, like the you have someone who has the tracker, like that's your person with the the alien radar. You have the medic, still very appropriate. You have the android who maybe doesn't die from an alien attack right away. Like I think there's a lot that you could do with that, and I think that just comes from my want. Like there's two new alien games that are out, and I really want to try them, but they're also like three plus player games, so yeah. I don't think that's going to happen. <laughs> No, that's a, that's good. I was gonna say when you were talking about Predator, and, and then you got to the hidden movement. I was like, oh yeah, that seems like hidden movement for Predator seems much more in line. But yeah, an alien game like this definitely. My pick, you'd have to make some tweaks to pan- the pandemic system. But I think of the when I was thinking of this, to me, it's almost like, for example, like the Ticket to Ride expansion maps, where like the general idea is there, but they make some tweaks and changes to how you generally play the game. Um, to make it work kind of in a different manner. Um, and mine would be, you know, obviously a, a much more zoomed in game, not the whole world. Uh, I think doing a Days Gone pandemic system oh. board game where w- you have a day-night cycle in the game. So your players can take, you know, movement, like actions during the day and actions at night. And then instead of having the infection just spread, you know, based off of like cards that you draw, you have like, you know, you have the nests 
that if you go into them during the day, like you can do stuff. But like at night, then there's some randomization of like them spreading out from the nests into other locations and then yeah. coming back, you know, like and then maybe a few of them straggle and leave but are left behind. But you can potentially like set up traps for them when they come out that if they, you know, like, oh, you know, I, I put like hazards in the road here. So if they went from here to here, you know, they blow up or whatever you could do. But I think that it could be something cool there. Have it be objective based of like collecting medicine or something for you know your little place that you're staying why can't i think of what that's called your shelter are you talking about like, yeah, your pandemic? Shelter, yeah like your yeah like your little yeah the research centers you, or what well yeah whatever you want to call it your little camp um, yeah. that you're kind of going out and maybe getting supplies for one or like there's certain things or like so yeah it'd all be scenario based maybe there's you know somebody from the camp went out and hasn't returned so you got to go look for them or whatever it might be um, I think that would be kind of a, a cool way and, a, and an IP that would work uh, in a pandemic system with, like I said, a few tweaks. So it still feels like pandemic, but just like a different, a little bit of a different take on the pandemic. Game. Yeah. So, yeah, that's my pick. Nice. Anything else about uh, the World of Warcraft Wrath of the Lich King, a pandemic system board game you'd like to say, Josh? Hey, I think, it, well, I mean, it's nice to see pandemic break out from like rising tide and fall of Rome where it's still more in line with pandemic to, yeah. to um, these new IPs. So hopefully it's not the last we see of new IPs with the pandemic system. Agreed. I would agree there for sure. All right, Josh, my first topic is we have some sales results for spring 2021. Now last week I talked a little bit about how board games did overall in 2020. And now we have some spring 2021 news. Josh, have you looked at these links yet? You know, I didn't look at these links, but last week when I was doing show notes, I was about to type my headline. You guessed it. This is something that you would think Kyle would do. And I was going to do the, from ICV2, right? The sales numbers. Yeah. I almost did it um, last for last week's thing. So, Okay. Uh, well, hey, don't I didn't look view, at these I didn't links. view that. Oh, don't look at them. Okay. All right. Yeah. Because we're going to have some fun with them. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so we're just gonna, like I said, look at some of the best. Your idea of fun of... might be different than our listeners. <laughs> It'll be fun for me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so we're just gonna look at some sales of some of the things. Um, a couple of these, Josh, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna bust your brain on because I think it'd be really tough for us to know. <laughs> uh, but like I said, we're just gonna go through the, and this is really mostly looking at the hobby channel. So looking at the things that sold the best um, from January to April is kind of what we're looking at here. So. When we look at, you know, first off, and like we're going to go through these first couple pretty quick because we don't talk about this stuff too often. Uh, tabletop RPGs uh, in the top five best selling. Number five was 5E compatible. I'm assuming that's supposed to be something with <laughs> Dungeons and Dragons 5th edition. Okay, yes. 5th edition, I yeah. Assume. yeah. Uh, number four was Alien. Number three, Pathfinder. Number two, Cyberpunk. I think getting a little bit of a boost. Uh, because of the video game as of like cyberpunk is usually on here but i don't think usually number two uh and number one obviously dungeons and dragons so those are the top five role-playing games of spring 2021 uh anything surprising to you there josh i'm guessing not but what do you think no i wouldn't know what to be surprised about so yeah sounds sounds it all sounds good <laughs> awesome okay so the top five non-collectible miniature lines which i always think that they it's funny that they call these non-collectibles because Goodness gracious, I think most people who do these things definitely <laughs> They're collect They're all them. collectibles. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, number five is Pathfinder Deep Cuts. Number four, Star Wars Legion. Number three, mm. D&D Nolzer's Marvelous Minis. Number two, Warhammer Age of Sigmar. 
and number one, Warhammer 40K. So again, Warhammer holding down those top spots. Obviously, you know, like the D&D and the Pathfinder miniatures are more in that non-collectible, like we just get them for our tabletop games. But I think the people for the Warhammer ones probably consider those to be collectible, but maybe I'm wrong. Right, right. I'm sure they do. <laughs> so yeah. Any any surprises there, Josh? No. I mean, all of it, but no. <laughs> <laughs> but I think it, it is pretty interesting that those tend to be a lot of the games that I feel like have been around for a long time. Yeah, I think Star Wars Legion surprised me. That was probably the more surprising one. Yeah. I don't see it that often in stores. I would agree. I would agree. So, okay. So now on to the more fun things. Uh, that's right. We're going to the collectible card games, CCGs. Now, obviously, the collectible card games have been all of the hotness, um, you know, in the last few months here, especially like really the last year almost now um, with things super taking off. Uh, so this is January through April. Again, uh, looking at the the hotness of, of things selling. Um, and from the hobby channel, um, we're just going to do the top five because I think a lot of the other ones are, well, we'll do No, we'll do the top 10. We'll do the top 10. <laughs> um, number 10 is Dragon Ball Super, which I guess part of me is kind of surprised that Dragon Ball is still a thing. Right. Uh, as far as the card game goes. Uh, number nine is Hero Clicks, which again, is still hanging on doing its thing. Uh, number eight is Pathfinder Battles. Number seven, Card Fight Vanguard. I will say the people who like Card Fight Vanguard really like Card Fight Vanguard. Well, they don't like it enough to get it out in the top five. Well, but they, <laughs> I didn't say it was a large group of people, but I'm saying it is a passionate group of people. Um, number six is Digimon. Number five, Flesh and Blood. Number four, D&D Icons of the Realms. Uh, and I do think it's interesting that we have uh, D&D Icons of the Realm collectible card game, and then we also have Magics dipping their toes into some D&D crossovers in their sets as well. Um, getting that D and D licensing money, like the magic isn't from them. So I mean, that's both Hasbro, but you know what I mean. <laughs> uh, number three, Yu Gi Oh. Number two, Pokemon. Whoa. And number one, Magic: The Gathering. Now that is the hobby channel. That's important to keep in mind because at the mass channel, uh, Pokemon is number one. Oh, okay. Uh, and Magic: The Gathering is number two. That makes more sense. I think I only think that because of the craze, the Pokemon craze that happened in the past nine months. Yeah, and overall, Pokemon is number one, with Magic being number two, Yu-Gi-Oh! number three. Um, and I think the big thing is, is just that mass channel, like, Pokemon is just blowing everybody away right now. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, there are Twitch, there are literally Twitch streamers who, have you seen this? That there are Twitch streamers who have, like, decks of Pokemon cards? Or I shouldn't say decks of Pokemon cards. Packs. They have They have boxes of Pokemon cards. And then you can pay a certain amount to their stream, and they will open the pack on stream and then send you what's in there. I I watched one of the guys, uh, Bruce Green, he used to be a Funhouse. He's by himself now. Um, he spent like $95,000 on a box of mag- uh, Pokemon cards. Yep. But he just gave them away to followers. I mean, not even followers people in the stream they didn't even have to follow he just gave five packs per person i ended up watching it because it was so interesting that he was just opening five packs and giving them away for free he spent that much money in a box and um i don't know the value of these things but they were looking him up and he pulled like um he pulled that charizard that everyone loses their mind over and he pulled a couple mm-hmm. other ones and like they're always like oh yeah card grade 10 or whatever and then they're like how much does it cost to get a card graded and they're like it's like 300 bucks per card 
Yeah. It's and I'm expensive. like, are you on drugs? <laughs> Who's going to do that? <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, if you're going to get, you know, $500,000 for the I car, guess, 300 right? bucks yeah. to get it if, graded is if, not a huge deal. If it's a 10, if it's like a five, you waste your, well, you probably don't waste yeah, your Yeah. But when you're, you know, <laughs> when it's fresh from a pack, usually ideally yeah. you're talking between a nine and a 10 with just maybe some offset, off center framing or something like that, hopefully being the only issue. So it's crazy. I, we got, we, on our way home from the beach, I got, my son some Pokemon cards just because he loves like Pokemon now. Wait, you found Pokemon cards? I know, isn't that crazy? But I have to pay five bucks for a booster pack per pack. I'm like, I just spent fifteen yeah. bucks for three packs for cards he's gonna bend. So I had to open them myself first and make sure that the hollows were not valuable before I gave it to him. <laughs> <laughs> I'm surprised you found some. Uh, that like I like I look every time I go in a store here just out of curiosity. Yeah. And I have not ever, I haven't seen Pokemon in a store and I don't even know how long. The store I went into, they had hundreds of packs. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Very interesting. Might be bad sets though. I'm not really, I don't even know what sets to look at either. Yeah, that's so our thing. It was I, like yeah. a sun and moon, um, two sun and moons and one other one that was, uh, I don't know. It's not that important, but I had no clue. I was like, dude, which pack should I get? I don't like, I feel lost. I know. I used to know magic. <laughs> I don't know Pokemon. Yeah, I never do Pokemon. I know. Uh, yeah, I just. It is, I, I wonder why it got so darn popular. Like, I know I've read about it, but I still don't get well, like how that happened. But apparently, anyway. Jake Paul ruined it. That's what I. That's what I heard. Yeah, I mean that's. Which doesn't sound surprising at all. <laughs> feels like Jake Paul ruins a lot of things, but maybe that's just me. Um, but yeah, and I, I, I know it makes me sound like an old, but like the idea of having a whole Twitch channel just based around people buying packs from you and then you opening them and showing them and then sending that is just so bizarre to me. Yeah, it is weird, but. But hey, you know what? I am doing a podcast, so like a lot of people would be like, "Why are you doing that podcast? That's weird." So who am I to talk? <laughs> well, we're doing All it for right. ourselves. We're not doing it we, to, to send we definitely cards aren't doing it to, to make people. money. That's for sure. <laughs> so. <laughs> All right, Josh. So now we're going to get to uh, the the list. I'm going to have you guess a little bit about here. Okay. Um. So hobby channel, hobby channel. Important to know, but obviously hobby channel still tends to be, um, a lot of mainstream games or or a lot of uh, you know, mass market games that that do well in there. Um. So the hobby channel card and dice games top ten, Josh. Yes. Go ahead. Take a stab. What do you think? A couple of the games <laughs> that are in the hobby channel top ten for this spring were. Well, I, I have, will say, I yeah. think all of them have been out for a while. Okay, I was gonna say because I have no clue, like what. Yeah, like none came of them are like. Year. None of them are like the new hotness for sure. I will say, well, one of them might be okay, but for the is most, is the part, crew no. on there? Quest for Planet Nine. Uh, no, it is not. Okay, I want to say I we talked about this two weeks ago, and I was like, I yeah. don't know why I didn't buy this yet, and I went to go buy it, and it's three to five players. That's why I don't know. That's it. why you didn't buy it. Yep, <laughs> yep. There you go. So. Okay, um, if I had to guess, all right. So, um, I guess we'll start with um, a type of code names. That is correct. Code name, just straight up code names. Just straight up code names. Okay. Is not to spoil the uh, spoil the the thunder. Codenames is number one. It's number one. Wow. Yes. Okay. Um, I'm just trying to picture my target aisle um, because I'm thinking, based off of the like last year, this is going to be mass market games. Yeah, because it is you know the hobby channel, so it is supposedly just the small like the for your friendly local game stores. But I think 
almost all, if not close to every single one of these is available mass market. Oh, I bet. Is one of them um, uh, Gloomhaven Jaws of the Lion? It is not. It's not. Oh, okay. I thought that, that might, might be the be. board game one. That's what it gets really hard when they, the card dice game versus board game. Oh, because it's not a dice it's, game. Okay. Yeah. Um, is Strike on there? I bought Strike today because it was on clearance at Target. It is not. I on finally there. own Strike. Nice job. Uh, shoot. Um, card and dice games. I got to think of a better one. Is Sushi Go on there? It's not. Oh, I thought wow. that might be on there, but it isn't. Um, I guess I'm not. Is Monopoly on there? And it is not. It's not. Not even like all the like Jeff Foxworthy Monopoly or Cats and Dogs <laughs> Monopoly. No, 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 no. That's a real thing, by the way. Jeff Foxworthy Monopoly. I, I believe that it is. I believe. Um, it is. Uh, is Villainous considered a card or dice game? Probably not, right? It's not on this list, so I, we'll have to see if it's on the board game list. Shoot. Um, most of out. these, <laughs> most of these are going to be small boxes. So we're talking like th- Yahtzee? Th- some of the, some of them are tuck boxes, like and just tuck boxes. Yeah. Um, Uno. Uno is one of them. Uno's really? number six. Yeah. Is Monopoly Deal one of them? Because I'm going to feel like an Deal idiot. Monopoly Deal is not one of them. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> uh, I don't know. I'm actually really drawing a blank on that. On, That's okay. On, we'll go through them then here quick. Uh, number 10 is Boss Monster. Oh, my God. Really? Yeah. Number 10 is Boss Monster. Number the, 9 the is Friendship Munchkin. Killer Game. <laughs> Munchkin. It's another Munchkin Friendship Killer Game. <laughs> yeah. Uh, number 8 is Unstable Unicorns. Okay. I, uh, that makes sense. Number seven is Marvel Legendary. Ooh, it, uh, uh, um, um, wow, really? Yep, just, just it says just Marvel Legendary, just the uh, base and original ones. What it says? Yeah. What is the Exploding Kittens? Is that one of them? Exploding Kittens is number four. Okay. Number five, which should make you happy, because number five happy. is Century. <laughs> oh, really? What? Yeah. Wow. Okay. Yep. Uh, number three is Coup. Mm. Okay. Number two, I think, is another game you really enjoy, Smash Up. Wow. I'm really and surprised. Number one, then is, yeah, and number one, then is Codenames. Smash Up is number two? Number two. Wow. I mean, good for them. Good for AEG. That's that's yeah. a good comeback for them. Awesome. All right, Josh. So there were your top 10 card and dice games. So what do you think, then, are the top 10 Hobby Channel board games? Now, again, this is Hobby Channel, and I will say, Josh, yeah. that most of these I do not think you would find at your mass market store. Okay. Can I say both Gloomhavens? You can't say both, but you only need to say one of them. Is it? Well, you can't buy Gloomhaven right now. So is it Jaws of the Lion? No, it's just straight up Gloomhaven. It's just Gloomhaven? Yeah. I'm Where can you find Gloomhaven now? <laughs> uh, hobby board games stores, apparently. Uh, I'm. It doesn't say Jaws of the Lion, so I'm assuming it's just straight up wow. good old Gloomhaven. But okay. it is number one. Oh, nice. Good for, that. Good for Isaac. So, and good for you. Nice guess. Well, I really, well, I thought it was the other one, so not. <laughs> uh, wingspan. Wingspan is number three. Ooh, okay. Uh, terraforming Mars is not on here, but that was a good guess. I don't want to guess any other Stonemaier games because I feel like <laughs> it's just going to be Wingspan. Um, it might be worth guessing. Is Tapestry on there or Scythe? No, Scythe is, Scythe on. is, Scythe on is number nine. I'm trying not to name like the t- most popular board games, but I guess. It kind of I, is. I'm just trying to think of 2021 games and not just overall, because I, I, I just always feel like it's people getting in, like filling this would be a guess I have, but I don't think it will be on there. It's not on there. Um, but it should be. And you know what else should be on there? Horrified. But it's probably not. It is not. Is Nemesis on there? 
It is not. Okay. That makes me feel but better. But there are other very, like, there are other heavier games on here. Yeah. Uh, it, like Twilight Imperium? Uh, Twilight Imperium is not not quite that heavy. Well, I it guess isn't? maybe one of them is. I don't know. <laughs> well, maybe I should play it because I keep thinking it's too much for me. Uh, I'm drawing a blank. Help me out. Okay. <laughs> well, I think you're going to know most of these, and I know a number of them you've played, and some of them I think you absolutely love. So, okay. Uh, number, ta- number 10. Nine. <laughs> I was combining 9 and 10 there. Number 10, uh, Quacks of Quedlinburg. Oh, yes. Good one. Yeah. Number 9 is Scythe, as we talked about. Number 8 is a game I know you're really high on. That's Unmatched. Yes. And the Deadpool one just came out, I think. Yeah. Number 7 is Azul. Nice. So that's, uh, Plan B has a game on each of the lists, which is good for them. Uh, number six is Root. Okay, that makes sense. Uh, number five is Cubitos. Oh, really? Yeah, okay. that surprised me. Um, and the next one surprises me, but I guess it shouldn't. Number four is Dune Imperium. Oh yeah, yeah, that makes sense. I just didn't. I just never saw it, so I'm. That's more of why I'm surprised. Uh, three wingspan, like you said, uh, and number two. Then the only other one you didn't get, betrayal at house on the hill. Oh, I'm embarrassed. I sh- I just am shocked. But that I mean, I guess I'm not shocked. Staying power. I'm not shocked that it's on there, but uh, I guess I'm both shocked and not shocked that it's on there. I do. One of the things I find very interesting when we do these board game uh, top tens and, and looking back at sales is if you compare these to video game top tens or like video game like best selling games of the months like there are games on here that are super old yeah whereas like the video game one obviously you know we're super surprised because like <clears throat> gta 5 and stuff like that continues to sell but outside of that like gta 5 is like an anomaly right yeah typically it's like what has been the newest hottest game you know and those are the ones that are always top of the charts uh and board games is just so different like you have obviously like cubitos and um but, uh, and uh dune imperium which are newer and like hot but like most of this is stuff that's been out for quite some time. And, and in fact, five plus years for some of these games, you know, well, Betrayal, I mean, goodness gracious. Right, right. <laughs> so, so yeah, but uh, so there we go. That's kind of our top sellers for the beginning of the year. We'll, you know, update it once we get the new numbers as we move through the year. But some interesting games there, but also, you know, some classics still holding strong. Um, you know, they're, they're classics for a reason. Like people keep playing them because they're pretty great. So, you know, be sure to check those out if you haven't. So, yeah. All right, Josh, what is your second story? Okay, well, EA Play, EA Play, EA Play happened over the past week. Um, and we're just going to kind of talk about what was shown at EA Play. I was okay. able to watch the doing or how I had the time to watch it, but I do remember watching it. And that's the most important part, right? <laughs> um, I feel like my son must have been napping. He never he stopped napping, but we got him to nap again during vacation. So things are weird. I don't remember where I was during those times, but I was present. Uh, so EA Play Live uh, opened up with um, oh, first of all, we should say that um, Austin Creed was hosting. From G4, <laughs> which I'm going to keep saying, but mostly from wrestling. Yes. Uh, yeah, and I think he did a pretty good job hosting. He definitely <laughs> shows – he's like at the in-between between Aisha Tyler and Joel McHale. He, you know you know Aisha Tyler's a gamer, and you know Joel McHale has the, the presenting prowess. So he's like both in-between. Uh, well, I think that's the advantage, right, of, yes. of getting someone yeah. who – 
is a natural showman. Yeah. Like that is his job, and he yes. happens to love playing games uh, as so well, right? Like, it opens up. He starts talking about um, Codemasters and all the games Codemasters has done in the past, and that they are now under the EA um, hood, or if you will, um, or tent, or or <laughs> whatever you want to call it. Um, Circus Tent is probably the better example. And uh, we got a first look at Grid Legends, which is coming in 2022. And I I will say I was pretty impressed because it shows like these interviews with people. And I thought that these are actual racers. Yeah. And it turns out it's a live action story mode. They're all actors. And I think that for me, that made me more interested in the game like i was like oh whoa there this is like at least from what i saw the acting seemed much better than what i would compare to what we used to see with like the need for speed when they tried doing real actors it just seemed so bad oh like right. movie yeah. um uh for me mm-hmm. as a racing game fan i thought the game looked incredible but i really like the addition to the story mode uh i just i can't for the life of me recall controls for grid i know i have grid um on the pc so i think i might fire it up again to see how the game plays um but i really like the idea of them adding an actual uh, live action or not adding a story mode uh, to a racing game, I think still like makes me nostalgic for Need for Speed games. Um, so I like that. I like that they're doing that. What did you think about? Did you watch this, by the way, or have you watched it since it aired? Hmm. I did watch it live. Uh, I watched the little pre-show for fifteen minutes, uh, we, and we've had some discussions in our Discord about whether if they say something's at noon. Like oh. and then you know how we have had we run into that this summer. Man, like, I'm glad I missed that rehash of an argument. Yeah, well, we didn't and we didn't talk about it for this one, but just the idea of like okay. if something says it starts at noon and then you show up at noon and then a 30 minute time timer yeah. is like what starts. It's like, um, is that a big deal or not? But so they had their little pre-show, and I thought the pre-show was interesting because I feel like almost everything they talked about in the pre-show they also talked about in the main show. It's oh, really? Way. I missed the pre-show. Yeah, and so that was just kind of weird. There was a couple little pieces of information that weren't the same, but definitely, like, because they're like, oh, look, here's the trailer for F1, and then they, like, okay. went right into the Codemaster. So it was just a little, like, and they talked about Lost and Random, but what? Anyway, uh, so yes, I did watch it, and I agree when they were showing the trailer for Grid Legends, I had a moment of, am I supposed to believe these are real racers? <laughs> Because I don't know anything about racing. I know nothing. Yeah. But I was like, I, I don't think these are real people, but it seems like that's what they want me to believe. Yeah. So then I, I was pretty happy that they weren't real. Otherwise, <laughs> I was going to feel really dumb. Um, And I think it looks really great. I'm just not into racing games. I know. This I didn't know. didn't do anything to get me into them. Um, But I thought it looked really nice. And it's, I respect what they do. It just isn't a genre I enjoy. So... Uh, yeah, I mean, I'm I'm excited and happy for the people like you and for and Seth who are probably excited about that. Nice. Well, moving on to something that uh, is coming out this year, September 10th, supposedly, uh, we uh, saw more Lost in Random, which I will say I think I'm really excited for this game, but I'm also not sure <laughs> what this game is going to be. <laughs> and I say that having seen 
what, like four to five minutes of gameplay. I still don't really know what this game is going to be. <laughs> My partner saw this trailer, like saw a little bit of it because I was watching it again later for something. And she goes, oh, what's that? I'm like, oh, this game like called Lost and Random is coming out in September. And she's like, oh, are you like, are, are you excited about it? Are you going to get it? And I go, I, I, yeah. I don't know. I'm glad that someone else feels the same way I do. Because <laughs> it looks visually stunning. It reminds me of like Coraline um, and it has dice. So it, it pulls on my board game thing but i don't know how much as cards um uh, i just i don't know what this game is going to play like even though they show combat they show story i really don't know what to think about it but i want i think i want to want to get it i think that's where i am too is that i'm interested in it but yes. i think i want to want <laughs> yes. to be really into it because I think that I'd be really cool. Like, if I was super into yeah. this, like, I think really cool people are into this game, and I want to be a cool person, so I want to be into it. But I still, yeah, I watched this, and I said, everything I'm seeing looks really interesting. I still don't totally understand it, and I want to want it, but I don't know if I do. Agreed. Agreed. I'm glad we agree on that. Okay. So the next two, I'm going to gloss over. If you want to make a comment, please do. But we saw updates on Knockout City Season 2. And we saw what would normally be a regular Apex Legends drop. Nothing new besides there's a new character, which we would have got anyways. Um, his name is Seer. He looks like little Nas X or probably kind of Sue uh, to make them change it a little bit. Um, I said little, and it's a little. I mean, I don't know why I said that because uh, um, I did. Do you have anything to add about those two? Uh, Narco City people really seem to like it, so I probably should try it. And it's actually free to play, like up to level twenty-five. So whether or not you have EA access or anything, like you can just play it. Uh, so I probably should do that. And Apex, I always want to play Apex. Me too. And I have it downloaded on most of my systems, but I just never play it. And then when I go to try to play it, I haven't played it in like two months, and that's the update. And then it's like 60 gigabyte update. I'm like, never mind. I know, right? <laughs> like, it just never <laughs> happens. So, uh, yeah. So I want to like it. I just, yeah. Cool. Okay. Moving on to Battlefield. Uh, we're moving on to Battlefield 2042, and their big uh, deep dive on this was for Battlefield Portal, which... Um, I did jump into the Discord uh, quickly to say that I actually thought that this put me, moved me from the not ever going to play Battlefield 2042 to the I kind of want to play it a little bit, not for $70, mm -hmm. but I kind of want to play it. Um, what I thought was really cool about Battlefield 2042 is, the, well, the portal is they really showcased something that I miss in shooters, which is customization in game modes. Um, now, I, mm -hmm. I don't think they answered my big question about if there's bots. Like, can I enjoy this game solo or with one friend or online? Or is it going mm -hmm. to be, like, still restricted to um, player, like, at live player counts? But what they are doing is they're giving you access to parts of Battlefield 1942, Battlefield Bad Company 2, Battlefield 3 and Battlefield 2042 and how they showcased it off in the trailer was they would show um, they showed a bunch of different things but really I think one of the highlights was they did I think it was like six Battlefield 2042 soldiers with current gen gear versus 
35 Battlefield 1942 players, which they, you know, and they're restricted to their loadouts. And I thought that was brilliant. I really think that's, uh, um, because it really opens the door, um, as they say in the trailer to do whatever you want in the game mode you create. Right. And I really love that. Now, our games that do try to do this in the past, it can be hard for players to get in and figure out what they want to do. Um, and then yes. also get stuck with maybe uh, 50 bad game modes versus the one they might find. So I think that that mm-hmm. can be tough. But the fact that it it can let you create the game mode you want to play, I think that's the more important part. And I really like the, all the different maps you can do. You can literally put a Battlefield 1942 player into the year 2042, which I think is pretty cool. Um, and you have all these different vehicles and stuff to do. What did you think about uh, Battlefield Portal? I think it is pretty neat. And obviously there are other games out there that have similar things already. You know, Halo has the Forge. Um, actually, over something that people maybe don't know unless you play Overwatch is Overwatch has something called the Workshop that you can actually do stuff like this as well, that people have created their own game modes and created, you know, aim trainers and like all these other things that are just available to anyone um, in Overwatch. So... It's a cool concept, but I think it very much is going to live and die based off of, obviously, the yeah. amount that players put into this and, and how big of a deal does it become amongst the Battlefield community. Now, it seems like the Battlefield community was pretty stoked about it. Uh, a lot of people seemed really energized and enthusiastic about this. So it seems like this might be something to really help the game live on and to do fun, unique, quirky things that you could only do in a situation like this where you're not at yeah. all worried about game balance, right? Like you're kind of worried about it, but like you can, you're doing ridiculous things for the sake of doing ridiculous things. Like that's the whole point of the mode is to do whatever your little heart can dream of. Um, and I think that's cool. Now I've never, I've never been a huge battlefield person, so it doesn't do anything to pull sure. me towards playing battlefield. But uh, if I ever ha- if I ever get Battlefield 2042, yeah. I will definitely check out what's in there for sure. Sweet. All right. And ending EA Play, um, I know that a lot of people like to say this was the um, the worst kept secret, but I really don't like. There was no indication that this was actually ever going to happen. It was just uh, people like me and fans of Dead, Dead Space wanted it to come. We didn't actually, nobody actually knew this. Well, some people did, but like we didn't actually know this was going to happen. Well, it was all but confirmed it was happening. Well, I mean, but we didn't know, we didn't know the scope or if it was going to be a proper sequel or if it was going to be true. There was some additional right. clarification so that was given. Now it's ridiculous. We did get the. A teaser trailer for Dead Space. Uh, we do now know a few things. Uh, we don't know much. We do know Isaac is back. And it does look like this is, and I think I don't have to say it does look like this is a remake, a proper remake. I think, I think we're, we're expected to think like along the lines of Resident Evil 2 and 3 um, versus, uh, what do we, like Mass Effect. And it is next gen only, which was, I think, the biggest. Uh, reveal. Uh, so it'll only be on PC, PlayStation 5, and Xbox Series X and S. We do not know when it's coming out. We don't know really anything else about it, but we do now know it is happening officially. And I'm freaking excited. <laughs> <laughs> I knew you would be. Yes. What about you? Um, 
I thought it was a nice tone piece. I think it really set uh, the tone for what the game they're going for as far as the game goes. Uh, you know, I'm sure, Josh, that you weren't a fan of this trailer since there was no gameplay and we have no idea if it's actually going to look like that, right? Like, I mean, you didn't really see much either, though. So, <laughs> yes. I, I mean, I'm there's no way he's going to look like that. <laughs> you might. If it's only if it's next-gen only, he very well might. Yeah, you never we'll know. See. We'll see. Um, so, yeah, I, I never really, I never, you know, I played a little Dead Space with you, but that's all I've ever played at Dead Space. It's a big blind spot for me. It's yeah. not a game I've really played too much. I take that back. I did play the original one for a little bit of time, but not very long. I think I borrowed it from someone and played it um, and had to give it back. So I didn't get too far into it, uh, but I would definitely give it another shot. I know it's a much beloved franchise. People really seem to enjoy it. Are you, what is your thoughts on them doing a remake like, is that what you want from this? Do you want a new adventure? Like, kind of what are your thoughts on that? I mean, really, I don't want a remake. I want uh, more story that I haven't experienced, but I'll take it. You know, if this is something that EA needs to do to see if there's still a want, I get it. I get that. But I don't want them to follow it up with Dead Space 2 remake. I would like... Dead Space 4, or just call it Dead Space or something. Like, I want a proper original Dead Space. Even if, like, they did it more like Final Fantasy, where it's a reimagining, and it, it tries to, like, Final Fantasy 7, sorry. Um, and it's like a reimagining of the original game. I think that could be cool too. Like, but if they're going to keep all the same beats and the gameplay loop is the same, like, I'm still excited to play it especially next gen to see how good it can look. But I'll be honest with you. I watch like uh, you can watch people stream dead space. Now it, it still holds up. It looks pretty good for a game. Like, I don't know that people were wanting the next gen upscaling or re like it's not upscaling. I'm underselling it. I don't know that I was clamoring for so a just to clarify, was really You were totally okay then if they take this and, you know, split it up into the first third is one game and then you have to wait two more years. <laughs> no, no, not exactly the, nope. the way. Oh, okay. Not exactly the way Final Fantasy VII did it. It's, con- it's a considerably shorter game shorter than Final game, Fantasy VII. Yeah. <laughs> uh, okay. As you mentioned, uh, the no release window was given. So, uh, Josh, when are we going to be playing this Dead Space oh. remake? I mean, they could be so far ahead. We don't even know. I don't know... If they're hiding gameplay to surprise us with like a November release, or if they're just really in the early stages of development, um, I would be uh, I I would be crazy to think we'd get this in November, December. I would love that, but I really think we're probably looking at October of next year. You well, get the inside scoop. The team that's making this is Motive, and they're the ones yes. who did the story for Battlefront Two. I know. Don't, don't remind me. Up, don't they just finished me. up Squadrons. At least they have a pre-made and story for them to do. And if you remember last year, <laughs> I think it was last year at EA Play that we got the trailer, or we got a little thing about like EA that Motive was working on a brand new like. Oh thing no! They, um, and apparently that got canned. <laughs> oh good for them to work on this. <laughs> okay, all right. I but feel better. You, now. But keep in mind that was a year ago that they were still working on a brand new project. But maybe could there is there a world where they were working on both of them at the same time? Well, they were also EA working on Star Wars like, Squadrons, though, at that time, too. Well, I mean, but what is Squadrons more than a port of Battlefront 2? Battlefield Front? Battlefront 2? <laughs> <laughs> I don't saying, know. I'm just saying, I think it's yeah, going to be I mean, 2023 at the earliest. Oh, really? Yes, okay. that's what all I right, think. All right. I think this is game is some way away. Now, again, I could be completely wrong. 
I just feel like this game is, and I hope for everyone's sake I am wrong. I just think it's going to be a bit until we get this game. That's fair. That's fair. Anything else about uh, EA Play, Josh? Overall, how would you uh, how would you rate the show? What are your thoughts on it overall? It was a good show. It was short, which I like, actually. Um, there was some filler content, like Apex and Knockout City, but I'm there's obviously audiences for that. So just filler for me more than anything else. Um, it was good. Solid. I'm sure there's a lot of sports fans out there who are wanting more from them, but um, I just come to the conclusion that i'm never seeing the return of ea big yeah so right. i'm just gonna give up that dream so josh they talked about six games in their showcase yeah um grid legends we didn't know about so that was brand new uh lost and random we'd already known about they had talked about on the pre-show we know it's coming out in september knockout city a game that's already out we all know about apex a game that's already out we all know about battlefield 2042 the portal thing had been announced ahead of time so we already knew that was happening and then the dead space yeah do they need to do a showcase for this? I mean, you can't. If something that got leaked is a bummer. So I wouldn't say that they should cancel it because Portal got leaked a week, like five days leaked? before it. I'm pretty sure it was officially announced. No, I thought it said leaked. Oh, maybe, maybe it, it was announced. leaked. Maybe I think it was, it was leaked. leaked. Let me check. Let me check. Oh, yeah. Which it leaked earlier today. It does say that. You're right. They missed E3. They wanted to do something. They clearly had to wait a little bit to get some of this content in there, so they waited around the next Apex drop, which makes sense to me. Right. Um, but I think I don't know. I think we're. I thought at least we we're on the same page where we think more of these is better in general. So the fact that this is something that they put up on YouTube for us to watch, I think, is great. I like more games, more new news for me. I, like, I agree for that them. we that more of these are good. But EA does, right now, one of these a year. To me, this is not a year worth of content. You get what I'm saying? Right. It's a a post-pandemic year. Yeah, I don't know. Like, look at at Ubisoft at E3. It's just supposed to be saying that, uh, again, third parties should not do, like, big showcases like this. To me, like, I just don't think they have enough I guess content. I don't consider it big. Maybe that's the difference. This is like, I mean, this ostensibly was supposed, this would have been their E3 presentation, right? That's what EA Play always has been. Right, but this wasn't But that. it's still EA because Play. Because it's a month later. They didn't call it anything different. Right. This is the only, they do one of them a year. Do you remember like EA their, Play last time? Right. I, I agree. This is supporting my, my thesis that they shouldn't do them. Oh, this was light years better than the last one. I mean, I, maybe. The last one was awful. It was outside on screens that you couldn't see anything. The people were confused. They did long panels with interviews. Uh, there was very little games shown. This was video, video, video. Very, very brief conversation between a good host and a developer. And then it moves right on. I thought it was well, that's good. I'm, we're just going to be on the opposite sides. That's fine. Of I'm glad you enjoyed it. And like I said, I don't think it was bad. Just... Don't you, though? Didn't you just say it was bad? I, I don't know that they had <laughs> enough content to justify it. Like, no, I don't think what they showed was bad, but 90% of it, not 90% of it, we knew a significant amount of it already. Sure. And even if the 2042 hadn't leaked, like, the the portal hadn't leaked, like, we knew that game was coming anyway. Like, we already knew that that game was coming. You know, so, like, that was not new game content. Like, we knew that was coming. So, the only new uh, game... <laughs> I don't work for EA. Everything we saw on but Portal was all new game content. For a game content. that we already knew existed. Sure. And that they had talked about for the last two weeks about how we're really excited we have this love letter to the fans, which was this. 
which is oh, great. I didn't hear any of that. Oh, they yeah, their social media was all about it. Oh, so. I don't follow EA. They're terrible. <laughs> what? <laughs> they're they're the Microsoft of video games. That's that's a redundant because there is Microsoft <laughs> and video games. They have a lot of problematic things going on with them. They well. Not I mean, who doesn't now, I guess. Huh? <laughs> yeah. Right now they're like, whoo, we work for EA. <laughs> Lucky us. Yeah. Um, we're actually, just because of time, Josh, we're going to s- skip my second topic. Yeah? Why? Because we're, are, we, uh, are we that long? Yeah, we're already an hour 15 into the show. Why don't you just we, edit out my vacation talk? Nobody really wants to hear that. But I wanted that. to hear it. So <laughs> we'll talk about it next week. It'll be totally fine. So, Josh, let's just move on to your third topic then. Okay. Well, uh, well. I don't even know how I want to word this. A game that I tried that I was interested in is getting an addition that will make me play this game. Definitely. <laughs> uh, um, Genshin Impact will be getting a update. Um, 2.2, if you will. But in that update, it's not just adding normal things you might see in updates like game tweaks. It's also adding a new character. And that character is Aloy from Horizon Zero Dawn. And even better news is that if you log in with a PlayStation 4 or PlayStation 5 account, not only can you claim Aloy, but it also works um, cross-progression. So you can also then play as Aloy on your Xbox or PC uh, or mobile, I believe. It's not on Xbox. It's not on Xbox. Okay, so PC or mobile. Um which I think is pretty awesome. It is going to be for a limited time. So if you do want to get Aloy, you're going to want to um, either create an Genshin Impact profile on your PlayStation now, or maybe just wait until she is out so you know that you're definitely adding her to the game, which is what I'll be doing. I do have it on PC, but I'll wait to do my PlayStation account until Aloy, who will be free. She's also a five-star character. I don't even really know what that means in the game because I've only played about 10 to 15 minutes of the game um, of actual gameplay. I'm not including story, which I'm probably played for an hour. <laughs> um, but yeah, I think it's great. I think it's really cool that we're getting Aloy in. She seems to fit. If you look at her art style, she seems to fit right into the game very well. Uh, so yes, uh, a short story, but Aloy is going to Genshin Impact. How, how much have you played Genshin Impact, and do you see yourself playing more because Aloy is joining the game? I have played two hours of Genshin Impact, and at that point, I decided I probably should stop playing because I really liked it, and I was worried about how much money I was going to spend on the game. Hmm. I hear you. Because Genshin Impact is a free-to-play game uh, that you can get decently far in. Like I've heard and people talk about getting a solid forty plus hours into the game without really feeling um, any need or desire to spend money on the game. Uh, which obviously, you know, forty hours is a ton, and really at that point, I probably would feel some obligation to pay for something just to be like, "Hey, thanks for letting me play forty right. hours of your game." <laughs> um, but that's really the only reason I stopped. I, I really enjoyed what I played of it, and. Uh, this does make it a little harder to not go play it again. Um, <laughs> but I have a lot of games to play right now. 
And I, yeah. I think Genshin Impact is kind of one of those games that uh, it is the only game that a lot of people play. Like, this is it. Like, this is the thing that they play. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of hours later, there's still new content. And they have a four, I think, like a four-year roadmap for this game right now. Wow. Um, yeah, they're they're very committed to supporting it. So, you know, the, if it's something you're interested in, definitely give it a look. I, I might log back into my account and snag this and, and kind of see um where i'm at and what's going on uh, i really don't remember too much i know the controls were a little funky and i think that has to do with it being also a mobile game um yes. so the control just where some things were mapped on controller was a little weird uh but yeah i think this is a cool crossover i i know obviously playstation is typically a bit uh stuffy and buttoned up about these sort of things so i'm really glad to see that you know um seeing their characters in Fortnite and then those characters available on Xbox was was nice to see and and this expansion here um is good to see as well cuz you have to imagine at some point uh this game is going to come to Xbox um and I would assume mm. that you know since everything currently is cross progression with them if you were to get on Xbox then you'd be able to play as Aloy on your Xbox and things like that so um I I would have to imagine they see that coming down the road um so yeah I think this is cool and it does intrigue me at least to go back and play more of this game nice all right. Very cool. Anything else you want to talk about uh, Aloy and Genshin Impact? Nope. Nope. That's all I got okay. for that. Well, Josh, before we get to my uh, third and final topic, then we're going to have mm. a, a quick topic. We'll say this is my quick topic, number two. Um, The Spiel des Jahres winners were announced. Oh, yes. That did uh, happen. Yeah. So we had talked about the nominees a little bit ago. Uh, and the and the winners were announced. Um, the Kenner Spiel des Jahres for 2021 is Paleo. Um, so that was the game that won there. Um, it beat out the Lost Ruins of Arnak and Fantasy Realms. I thought I thought the Lost Ruins of Arnak was going to win, but hey, Paleo coming in for the victory there. So congratulations to Peter Rustmeyer, who's the designer of that game. Um, and then the Spiel des Jahres winner is Micro Macro Crime City. Um, beating out the adventures of Robin Hood and Zombie Teens Evolution. Um, so congratulations to Johannes Sieg, um, who is the designer of that game. Josh, what are your thoughts on those winners? Uh, the Kinderspiel was announced back in June, uh, but as a reminder, that was Drake Amino that won that one. So. Mm-hmm. I, yeah, I mean, I, I've always been interested in Paleo. I had no clue what Micro Macro was. So, yeah, uh, yeah good for them. It's Pegasus, Pegasus Spiel, which I like them as a as a publisher. So I'm happy to see them win. Yeah, absolutely. I kind of thought that maybe Adventures of Robin Hood might steal, steal that one. But yeah, Micro Macro, Crime City, just the art of that yeah. game is so unique. So there you go. Check those out. Um, I was, was I reading or listening to something the other day? Um, that was talking about that um, winning the Spiel des Jahres typically means about a 100,000 sales of your game in Germany. So just by winning that holiday season, you will typically sell 100,000 copies of your game, which is That's ridiculous. Um, Imagine how much they're going to have to spend on shipping containers. <laughs> goodness gracious. Did you see that I posted that in the Discord? The shipping container thing? Yeah, about the cost of the shipping for the yes, Assassin's Creed that, game. Yeah. yeah. So, a uh, listener, if you haven't checked it out, like I said, another reason you should join our Discord. Um, there is an Assassin's Creed, not the Orlog game, but an Assassin's Creed game from before um, that funded on Kickstarter back in 2019. Uh, you know, we've talked a little bit about the the shipping conundrum that's going on right now. Um, when they completed 
their kick when they successfully funded the Kickstarter, the quote they got for freight was thirty four thousand five hundred dollars. Um, their quote on July eighth, twenty twenty one, was two hundred eighteen thousand two hundred dollars. <laughs> so you know, shipping has gone up a smidge in a couple of years. Uh, so yeah, it, it'll be interesting to see how companies continue to handle that we hear about that for Frosthaven all the time like we don't even they're basically saying they don't know when we're going to get it uh, i really wonder about that for um foundation yeah, like i have i wonder when we're going to ever see that game which is just ridiculous too knowing that like those games are printed <laughs> you know like they're done you know so it'll be really interesting to see when those show up all right josh for our final topic i thought it might be nice that you know we're we're getting into the fall and the plan is to bring Metafall back this fall to, to let you listeners, you know, again, submit your uh, Metacritic score guesses for some of the games that are set to launch this fall. Um, but usually I just sit down and make all the selections for games that are going to be on the list. But I thought it'd be nice and probably proper if I included Josh in that process. <laughs> well, thank you. <laughs> so I said, hey, you know what? Let's do it as one of the topics for one of the shows. We'll talk about some of the big games that are slated to come out and kind of get ourselves to a list we feel good about as far as what should be considered or what will be on the list for Metafall when that show goes live here in just a few weeks, because um, we'll probably record that in early August. So does that sound okay to you, Josh? Sounds good to me. Okay. So what we're going to do is we're going to take a look now. Obviously, things could change and we'll have rules in place as far as like games get delayed like all that good stuff so we'll have some rules in place for that but we just want to kind of start taking a look at games that are coming out in september um and and start hammering out what some of the finalists might be so josh when we look at games coming out in september you know looking at some you know we tend to look at bigger games or, or games that are going to have a bit of a bigger splash and get more reviews and that just helps balance out that metacritic score a little bit uh not that the Small games are bad by any means. It just helps when there's a bigger yeah. game. Uh, so some of the games, you know, when I look at September, Josh, you know, some of the games that are kind of standing out right now. One could argue, I suppose, Sonic Colors Ultimate. Um, it's not a game that I'm drawn to, but hey, that's something that's out there. Uh, Life is Strange True Colors, though. Um, people seem to be talking about that one, having all the uh, episodes released at the same time. Um, Lost in Random, which we just talked about, you know, coming out looks really unique. Um, I think it's going to be an indie game that's going to have a lot of traction. Uh, always popular nba 2k22 uh those games are all over the place with how they score but always kind of a fun option there uh you know warioware the nintendo folks love their WarioWares. uh death loop is coming to playstation 5 and pc in september so that's something that's kind of out there uh diablo 2 resurrected which you know might have its own things that we need to talk about (laughs) about whether we want to do that um and then uh lost judgment the sequel to Hmm. judgment uh, which is kind of available everywhere. I know you probably want Hot Wheels Unleashed, yeah. I guess. <laughs> um, but, you know, I just threw out a huge list of games there, Josh. Are there any particular that really stand out to you? Are there games that I didn't include that you think we should consider? Kind of from those bigger hitters, what do you what do you think? I mean, I think we have to do Deathloop. Um, if, if I added anything you didn't, it would have been Death Stranding Director's Cup. But, I mean, I know that that's more of, I don't even know what, it's more of the same, I guess, is what I would say. <laughs> yeah, it's a little, yeah, it's a little, yeah. Um, but yeah, how else was the other one I was thinking of? Um, only because it's just strangely uh, on my radar and keeps looking better every time I see it. Um, right. But yeah, I I mean, Deathloop and 
Um, Life is Strange were like the two that really popped at me for September. So whatever you are comfortable with, I am okay with. What is your thought on WarioWare? I think it could be a fun um, tiebreaker game for us. Okay. Uh, I I loved the old WarioWare games, um, but that was when I was playing party games. I cannot see myself playing WarioWare by myself. <laughs> I don't know why. Just doesn't like. I don't know. I I I would probably enjoy it, but for some reason, it's not like okay. screaming. So, so right now, it. then Deathloop, Life is Strange, and WarioWare, kind of right now, the three for September we're thinking of. We can always come back mm. and look at more. So those are three for September. Um, obviously, as we get into October, things are going to start to get a little, a, a, a few fewer <laughs> games are going to, that was not the best way to say that, uh, are going to be released, but some really interesting yeah. ones that I think uh, are worthy of talking about. So, number one, Far Cry 6 uh, is slated for early October, so that's one. Metroid Dread, obviously the return of the 2D Metroid that people are super excited about. Uh, Back for Blood, uh, a game that you know was supposed to come out this summer, got delayed. Well, actually, a lot of these got mm-hmm. delayed. Uh, so, uh, but you know that co-op Left 4 Dead style game that people seem very, very excited about. Uh, a game series that you and I have played a ton of, the Dark Pictures anthology. Anthology House of Ashes is coming out. Um, the aforementioned Battlefield 2042 that we just talked about, Marvel's Guardians of the Galaxy is slated right now, and a couple others still at the end of the month, Riders Republic, which just got delayed to that October 28th date, and Mario Party Superstars, mm. another Switch game, you know, between WarioWare, uh, Metroid Dread, and now Mario Party Superstars, Switch having kind of a quietly big fall early on. So that's a lot of games, Josh, and I think a lot of big games, I guess, kind of yeah. for the month of October. What are your thoughts on all of those? That's uh, a lot of games for October is what my thought is. Uh, yeah, right. I, I didn't realize this many were coming out in October, but uh, yeah, that's a great, great option for every type of gamer. I think, uh, I mean, for me, like it's, you know, it's what it's Fire Cry 6. It's back for blood. It's dark pictures, but I wouldn't include that in our metafall probably. Because it's probably going to, we could probably guess pretty easily what it's going to score. <laughs> well, no, I mean, th- supposedly they've overhauled a whole yeah. bunch of stuff. Like the the movement and everything's different. Like, I think that could be an interesting one because I don't know how much the previous ones will pull into it. Because we did, I think, last year do um, was Man and Medan last no, one. Uh, I can't Little remember. Hope. Little Hope, yeah, I think we did Little Hope last fall. Um, but we can keep yeah, it alive. I, there's just so many darn games. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, everything you named would be exactly what I named. Um, I think we could probably leave Battlefield out, right? We could probably leave Metroid out unless we want to try to guess <laughs> the Nintendo like that. Well, okay. So for, you were kind of on the fence about WarioWare and you were kind of, I, I tend to like to try to include at least like one okay. platform exclusive from each platform if we sure. can. Um, so if you, I don't know if that's more Mario Party Superstars to you or more Metroid Dread to you more WarioWare to you. Like, I don't know kind of where you fit overall if we're trying to do at least one, because then we still have um, the Pokemon Brilliant Diamond and Shining Pearl coming (laughs) out in November still. Uh, I mean, I'm probably more excited for Metroid Dread than any of the other games, but I mean, what do you think? uh, Okay, let's let's put Metroid Dread on the list then. And like I said, we can still refine this. It's just nice to kind of get, start getting things whittled down here a little bit, so... So anything else then from October still? Because there's still a lot of good games there. And we usually do about 10, so... Where are we at now? Well, right now, I took off WarioWare. So I have Deathloop, Life is Strange, Far Cry 6, Back for Blood, and Metroid Dread is what I wrote down so far. 
I mean, do you want to throw Guardians on there to see? Because that's kind of a, I feel like that's a real wild card game. Yeah, sure. Let's do it. It could be anywhere from a 50 to an 80. I don't think it's going to be above an 80, but <laughs> who knows? Showing your hand before we get to our yeah. guesses. <laughs> awesome. Okay. Um, and then obviously there's still some like Age of Empires 4 is on there. Like there's still some other things that I know a lot yeah. of people are going to be super passionate about. But okay. So again, just kind of working our way through. So November, a little interesting. Not a ton on here, but I think at least one super important mm-hmm. game uh, being Just Dance 2022. <laughs> Excuse me. Yes. I mean... Uh, Forza Horizon 5 yeah. uh, is coming out in November. Um, you know, I don't think we need to talk about GTA 5 coming to next-gen no. systems. Um, but Shimagami Tensei 5 and then Pokemon Brilliant Diamond and Shining Pearl, like we talked about. Um, I think Forza is definitely the most important yeah. thing here. Uh, are there other things in this group that you would want to cover or, or try to do guess you want to do something crazy and and do just dance 2022 and see if we can figure out what that's going to score we can and we can try it i think one two <laughs> i mean we definitely could because keep in mind we still have december but then we yeah. also still have games that are quote-unquote slated for fall that don't have dates yet right yeah i mean i think it could be funny to try to guess just be dance, a but that, that could be that just be me a tiebreaker <laughs> Because we have had to use a tiebreaker once before, so it is worth to have one. So that might be yeah. a good idea there. Um, but anything else other th- out of these then, other than Forza and maybe Just Dance? Uh, I mean, we could go with one of the Pokemons, but I, 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 uh, that's a blind spot for me. So I guess if you wanted to, it's so it's just weird having Diamond and Pearl. Like you yeah. don't like. <laughs> I know we did it before, and I think we averaged the scores. Yeah, but I think the I mean, scores end up being that. the I'm same. I'm okay with that. I think the scores end up being the same, so it didn't matter. But yeah, okay. Uh, so December right now, only two games with date uh, dates: uh, Advance Wars One Plus Two Reboot Camp, which again I know some people are really excited about Advance Wars coming back, um, and then Dying Light Two Stay Human, which some people are excited about and Josh is not. Uh, Josh, do you want <laughs> Dying Light Two? Is a game that has been all over the place. Um, yeah, it's been in development for a long, long time. Uh, is that something that we want to kind of have be like the end of Metafall? Or, or what do you think about that? We could do it. I really don't see it coming out in December, but we could we could definitely do it. I mean, maybe it will convince me to try Dying Light 1 again. Yeah, because it's always nice to have a theoretical like end of, you know, at the end there. So, yeah, and you're right. We'll see. I With how much that game has been delayed, I'm hoping they're really confident about that December 7th date. Otherwise... Why I doubt it. Excuse me. Um, cool. Right. So after that, then there's a whole big list of games that are to be announced that we don't have dates for yet. Uh, but Josh, one of the things that I thought would be probably worthwhile to put on the list, one would be Halo, right? Like Halo Infinite, it's supposed to come out this yeah. fall. Still, like seems like a game we should have. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, like a placeholder for Halo. I would love to do a placeholder for Horizon. Yep. And I agree there. Like last year, what we did um, is we basically said that the game had to release by X date. And because yeah. we ran into that with like Spider-Man and Marvel Spider-Man Miles Morales, when we did this, didn't have a date yet other than yep. holiday. So, yeah. So if we put a placeholder for Halo, put a placeholder for Horizon, that would give us Deathloop, Life is Strange, Far Cry 6, Back for Blood, Metroid Dread, Guardians of the Galaxy, Forza Horizon 5, Dying Light 2, Halo Horizon, Forbidden West. That's 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10. 
with then Just Dance 2022 as the tiebreaker. Does that sound good? That sounds great. Perfect. Well, Josh, I'm not going to lie. I thought that was going to be way harder than that. (laughs) Perfect. Well, dear listener, be on the lookout. Uh, Unless we hear before um, we record our Metafall episode, like if we hear that you know, Horizon isn't going to come out or we something is delayed before then, then we'll make some adjustments. But otherwise, uh, the games that will be on the Metafall contest will be Deathloop, Life is Strange, Far Cry 6, Back for Blood, uh, Metroid Dread, Guardians of the Galaxy, Forza Horizon 5, Dying Light 2, Halo Infinite, Horizon Forbidden West, and the tiebreaker will be Just Dance 2022. It's a pretty good list. I and think actually, so. If all those games come out this fall, it's a pretty good fall. That sounds uh, surprisingly like another great fall when we didn't expect to have one. Yeah, no kidding. Like, if that happens, I would be <laughs> pleasantly surprised by it. All right. So with that, Josh, we're going to kind of start ra- moving towards wrapping the show hmm. up. Um, so we're going to move into prediction time. Uh, and that is, you know, what do we think is going to be announced between the time we record this podcast and it hits your podcast feeds on Tuesday? Josh, what is your prediction? So I think we will get some info or at least an announcement on a state of play for horizon zero dawn two since we're about to hit august i feel like they if they're gonna try to get this out we need something what do you august think the or chances are right now that that game does come out i don't think i'm qualified to answer that because i want it more than i think it will does, does that make sense to you i don't want to say i don't think it'll come out this year because i want it so badly to come out this year that I don't even want to guess. I just that's want fair. to hope that's that we get it fair. this fall. Um, I'm going to go kind of the opposite direction of you. I guess it's not really opposite. But I'm going to say that we are going to get some sort of uh, official announcement uh, about Halo Infinite. Mm. Whether that be because there has been talks of like, hey, we might get you know network tests as soon as this coming weekend. Uh, I think we're going to get some sort of update about Halo Infinite on Monday. Um, with some, whether it be a release date or you know, beta slash network testing dates or something like that. Uh, I think we're going to get something a little more concrete about Halo Infinite on Monday. Nice. But we'll see. We'll see. All right. Well, with that, we do have, I think, a question from the Winter Gamer that I don't know that I put in the notes here. Just one sec. I'm going to be a very professional podcaster and go back and look because this is so good. Okay, here we do. We do have a podcast from the Winter Gamer uh that was put in the discord so mm. please do come join our discord have some conversations about board games video games movies television whatever you want we have it all all available to you um and the winter gamers question is so a little bit of a it's a bit of a downer uh when you die would you want your remains turned into a board game or would you want to be cremate cremated and turned into hourglass timer so josh if you had the if you had to pick, you pass away. <laughs> yes. Do you want your remains to be used as the items of a board game? Or do you want to be cremated and have your ashes be used as part of the flowing sands of an hourglass timer? I gotta pick one of those. <laughs> yes, one of the two. No no. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I, I, I hadn't considered Winter Gamer, I don't know where this question came from, but we're we're, we're answering it because you asked. I so. hadn't considered it. Um <laughs> My original plan was to be cremated and put into hamburgers that were fed to my friends at a cookout after my death. Uh, so if I had to... It's a little like <laughs> South Park. I mean, that was chilly, but you know. Yeah, same similar idea, except they, yeah. they would... Well, it wouldn't be their parents, it would be me. Yeah. 
Um, uh, I guess a timer would be more fitting, right? Like, there goes Josh again. Oh, yeah. <laughs> He's about to pass. <laughs> you better hurry up and take your turn. <laughs> and then if they could put one of those, you know those, like, uh, the things you turn uh, sideways and it does, like, a moo sound? Like, you okay. turn it, it goes, Rrr. like, if they could put yeah, that yeah. little thing at the end where it makes me go, uh, after the timer's over. <laughs> <laughs> okay. They would never. Um, they would never know if it was a board game piece. At least if it was a timer, something like, "What's with that giant timer you have?" Think of like car- <laughs> with all of your board games. <laughs> this is gonna sound really messed up, but I'm answering the question, so I apologize if this sounds morbid. But they could like carve your bones into like chess pieces. Oh God, that sounds horrible. I don't know. Like I said, it's a messed up question. I'm sorry. <laughs> um, I, I'm gonna go. Yeah, you know what? That. I'm gonna go old, old school, like back to to the olden days about how this game supposedly was created. And it's not a board game, but it's a yard game. Turn me into a cube set. That's fine. <laughs> okay. <laughs> that's the that's the that's the story about how cube was created. Said so it was Vikings throwing bones at, at things of the people that they had overtaken. So turn me into a cube set. Is that the C or K? K U B B cube. It's a lawn game. It's a really fun lawn game. Um, but yeah. So it's, like I said, it's really, really fun. Like I said, there's like basically no evidence of that's how it came from, but supposedly that's, you know, as a game created during the Viking age and they would throw the bones of their <laughs> fallen foes, uh, at like skulls, <laughs> like so, you know. But again, I don't know that there's any evidence that supports it, but I think it just makes the game seem way cooler than it is. So you know, there we go. So, uh, awesome. Well, hey, thanks for the question. Obviously, we are willing to answer anything, so feel free to reach out to us on the social media, uh, or reach out to us on Discord, and we will gladly answer whatever questions you pose, no matter how uncomfortable they make us feel. With that, we're going to move on to wrapping up the show. And obviously, we're a gaming podcast, but we do want to give you one other recommendation, suggestion, or thing we're currently into that's helping us live that well-rounded life. Josh, what is your recommendation for our listeners this week? My recommendation is the Olympics as a whole, but I do have a a way for you to get there. Uh, If you use YouTube, there is a very good series called How to Olympics put on by the Olympic Committee. And if you are familiar with the Try Guys, they have the Try Guys talking with individual athletes from certain disciplines, and they're teaching you not only how to do these sports, but how they became a thing. And it's very funny and interesting. And uh, it also spiraled that we were watching this on the beach house, and it turned into us watching competitive climbing mm, yeah which then s- spawned into me showing my wife my cousin's girlfriend and my father free solo which we watched the whole thing that night so also watch free solo if you want to <laughs> get into the climbing spirit but um the olympics are on now you can get a free peacock account if you want to sign up so you can watch the olympics um, or you can try to catch them on sling if you have it or whatever you want to do. But um, there's already been a bunch of medals going out in swimming and other events. But you can catch it. It's probably better to catch it in recaps because of the time difference between us and Japan. But uh, yeah, just uh, it's the Olympics and they don't happen all the time. So uh, um, try to find a sport you're interested in and watch it. event for climbing was it? 
Was um, it leak, speed, or bouldering? They showed all three when they did the oh, did they? Uh, when they did the thing. Gotcha. Yeah, yeah they showed Very all cool. three. All right. The Olympics. I've been watching the Olympics as best I can, uh, mostly because, you know, the time difference. It's really hard to watch stuff live yeah. right now because <laughs> <laughs> I'm not usually up at like one in the morning. But uh, my recommendation is sweet corn. It's that time of year where okay. if you live in many states that uh, you're going to have local farms that have sweet corn stands that you can just pull up and, and buy some sweet corn. And it's going to be pretty affordable and you're going to be, you know, supporting a local farmer. And that's always a nice thing to do. I went and bought myself some sweet corn this morning from the local, one of the local places here. And Josh, I got a dozen corn for $9. Whoa. And that dozen actually, when I counted them from the bag was 17. Whoa. <laughs> so I got 17 Good years for you. of corn a farmer's for two dozen. people. <laughs> yeah. Farmer's dozen. 17 years of corn for $9 for two people, Josh. That's 17 awesome. years of corn for two people. Uh, and corn, you know, that's the other, the one downfall is that corn doesn't keep that long. So you got to use it or freeze it, yeah. um, as far as like maintaining its taste and, and proper value. But, uh, sweet corn is delicious. I love it. I know that nutritionally it doesn't do that much for you, but it is a really, really good sign. Uh, and I had it for lunch and dinner today. <laughs> so, you know, no big deal as far as that goes, but go find some sweet corn, support local farmers, uh, and, and enjoy that summery goodness that, you know, only comes for a solid six to eight weeks each summer. So, all right, Josh, what do you say we wrap this show up? Let's do it. Thanks for joining us, everyone. In addition to finding us on Twitter and Instagram at Board with Fiji, you can find us on Facebook at facebook.com slash Board with Fiji. So feel free to give us a five-star rating over there. Also, if you want to communicate in the more long form, or you're just not feeling social media, please feel free to email us at boardwithvgi at gmail.com. We tag our stuff with hashtag Border3G, so please use that hashtag as well on all your social media so we can see what you're up to. And whatever podcast service you're listening to us on, we encourage you to give us a stellar rating. That is, whether you're downloading us from the Dice Tower Network feed or our very own standalone Board with Video Games feed. Uh, you can find me on Xbox Live, PlayStation Network, Steam, at Why So Serious, S-I-R-R-I-U-S. Kyle, where can people find you? So you can find me on all the usual places, Twitter, Instagram, PlayStation Network, Xbox Live, Board, Gabe, Geek, all at Psychocross, C-Y-C-O-C-R-O-S-S. As a reminder, this is episode 197, which means we're almost episode 200. So if you have any thoughts about what we should do, or anything you'd like to share, or any feedback about the show... Now is the time. Let us know. Obviously, anytime's the time, but really right now would be a great time. Um, let us know what your thoughts are. Um, if there's anything you'd like to see do differently, you want to see more of, you want to see let of, less of, please let us know. Um, as always, if you have any other suggestions or for future topics or you know guests possibly, uh, be sure to reach out to us on the social media because we want to talk about what you want to hear about. And remember, everyone, whether it be board games or video games, never stop gaming. Stop gaming.